This is a very, very poignant part of this teaching. This is church part eight. And I would say it's about the end times church, which you are, which we are. We're a part of the end times church. And we're going to have a very significant part to play in the last days while we're here. Right? God is on the earth. God is on the earth in the individual believers of the church. And we come together to be a, a spiritual force. God can't do anything on the earth unless he's going to do it through you and me. Or through the church. You need to get that in. God can't do it unless he uses people like you and I who believe and give ourselves to him. Right? The most powerful person on the earth today is the Holy Spirit. An incredible power that we have within us that we need to wake up to to understand who wants to move through us and live through us and do great exploits through us. There isn't any other way. Plant that in your heart and think about it. What you don't know, the spirit, spirits and principalities do know. You, we shine light, we're the light of the world. You're the light in your dark place. You're the light in your family who don't know Jesus yet. And if they don't know him, they're dark. They're lost. But they're not without hope. And do you know why they're not without hope? Because you're there. This is serious stuff, church. We read about it, that we give thanks to God who has called us out of darkness into light. We read it earlier on. We're in the light. And the world, for the most part, loves darkness. He's saying, no thank you. Jesus, I'm not interested in. I want to carry on doing the things I want to do. And they reap the benefit one way or another on the earth in all that they do. All around us, it's a mess. The government, you can't trust what they're saying. You can't trust what people are saying. It's, it's just where it is right now. And it's going to get harder and more difficult. It's interesting scripture. In Genesis 3 verse 24. It says this. So God drove out the man. And he placed a cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden. And a flaming sword. Which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. What's this got to do with what you're talking about? Well I'll get there. See, if, you, if you've read this before, or if you haven't read this before, this is 
what happened, Adam and Eve took from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And because they did, it caused, it brought sin into the world and created a massive problem. And God told them to get out of the garden. And to stop them coming back in the garden, he set that cherubim up with a flame, flaming sword, right? Now, the sword was there. It's, I've heard it preached, God hated sin so much that he kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden and he's better keep away because sin can't come in touch with holiness and God was being a bit of a, a spiteful God doing that. But that's nothing like the truth. If sinful man would have touched the tree that, that was pure and holy, sin wouldn't have been able to be atoned for. There couldn't have been a plan of salvation. So it was serious that God left the angel guarding the way to the tree. And if anyone would have tried to come and take or get into the garden, they would have died. And rightly so. I just want to tell you that angel and that sword isn't there any longer the future is going to involve the church in a very significant way we need to be spending our time getting to know our identity as Christians and God's expectation of us as believers. This is, what, this is key to this discipleship course that we're talking about. This is key to who we are today. Now if you want to, just go to church every week, sit on the pew, and go home and duck and dive, and not have to do very much to uh, say that you're a Christian, then most probably you'll still go to heaven but there will be no impact of connection or relationship or challenge that you're going to have as you've got the Holy Spirit living in you he's not going to be going out anywhere he's going to be sitting at home watching Coronation Street or Emmerdale or EastEnders just like people do but while the church is on the earth, the world has hope. Hallelujah. While the church is on the earth, the world has hope. The problem comes when the church is taken off the earth. What you want about, Sid? Well, that's going to take place. In the near future, the Bible says no one knows that the days or the hour when this is going to take place but we can tell by the signs of the times this, the way the world is what's taking place we'll get to this in a second we've talked about the purpose of the church practically we enjoy Jesus and our salvation we shine as lights in the darkness we declare the gospel God says go and make disciples, Matthew 28. Not converts, disciples, people who are going to know the truth. That we are ambassadors of the kingdom. 
fine sounding word but if I was an ambassador of the United Kingdom and I'm set up in Africa in Tanzania and I'm in that building all around me the Africans are doing what Africans do and there's problems and there's warfare and there's famine and there's problems but coming to the embassy where I'm the ambassador and do you know what? I'm drinking high tea like the English do we're having cakes at 4 o'clock in the afternoon we're not affected by the African laws because we're a United Kingdom embassy in Africa and it doesn't matter where you put me or put the embassy all the laws of the UK are going to apply wherever that embassy is do you get it? do you get it? that's what an embassy is that's why people can go through the doors of an embassy and get sanctuary in the midst of a, a load of gunmen or whoever's after them they can get their sanctuary while we belong to a different kingdom say I belong to a different kingdom now say it again but like you mean it so when God says we're ambassadors for Christ that we belong to the kingdom of God that means where you are Denise in your house wherever you go wherever you go Chris wherever you go James that kingdom's there because we're living by the laws of the kingdom we're ambassadors of if we go and stand in, in the chip shop the kingdom of God has come to that chip shop because I'm there and if someone needs prayer I can confidently pray for that person and they should be healed because I'm there because you're there Tony because you're there Chris because we're there things should change because we're ambassadors in 2 Corinthians 5 we're talking about this it's saying it's like God was reaching out and reconciling people through us there's that same word through us God in us coming out of us and through us and touching someone else this is what we're called to do we are we're ambassadors of the kingdom ambassadors for Jesus the, the blood washing sanctifies us sanctification that's a big word well if I was a Catholic I'd have to perform three miracles and be dead for 60 years before they call me a saint but Jesus said are you washing the blood yes Lord it says you're sanctified you've been made holy that's what it means we're saints on the inside that's a church a chosen generation a royal priesthood making sense that's who you are that's who we are 
And that should motivate us into the workplace, motivate us into the news agents, motivate us into the doctor's surgery, into the chemist, or wherever it is we go. The kingdom goes there when I turn up. God's with me. Always, I'll never leave you or forsake you, Hebrews 13, 5. No, no, no. I belong. Even when you feel rubbish, he's there. Even when you... Praying for people and you feel sick. You see the sick and they get healed. He's there. Even when you don't feel anything. He's there. So you're still the saint. You might be a saint doubting. You might be a saint crying. You might be a saint weak. You might be a saint strong. But you're the saint. This is in outworking of who we are this is why we, we're going to be in Sainsbury's doing the food bank because it's a practical outworking of who we are, we're going to roll our sleeves up and put food up and look at people and smile at them and pray they'll give to the food bank, practical people come, we give lots of food parcels out this week lots of them then there's the church in the spirit which we're talking about whether you know your potential, the enemy already does, and he's trying very, very hard to stop you knowing the potential. And we want to pour that potential into you that you'll have a revelation of the power of Calvary, of what Jesus did that cost him his life, so that we can truly live. At the end of that, that video, it says, the enemy comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That isn't when we die. That's now, today, on a Monday morning, on a Sunday afternoon, when we get together and we get fired up. And we should get fired up. We should make a point. It's not just enough for you, but it overflows into the people around you. And this is being going to be poured onto us because we're the church. And we've got to stand strong. John, 1 John 4 4 says this You are of God, little children. And I have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. There's a faith issue for us. Is he greater? Man, I've had some things come up me this week. I'm not on about me particularly. I have things come up me every week. Some I, some I ask for. And some come because I'm doing what I'm doing. And that should be the same for us. The church, the church is the signpost to the reality of God. That are there. <laughs> Where, where's God? Well, it's there. <laughs> it, it's, it's Him. While we're here, the, ch the world's got hope. And we'll break it down a little bit. While we're here, your family who don't know Jesus yet has hope. Your friends have hope.
We're living in the last days, church. And we are the end times, church. We read this. I've done it myself and it's been a bit of a wall in bringing to this word together in the last days. Da, 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 da. I'm thinking, yeah, that's right. And then writing this, I had the Holy Spirit say, you are the end times church. You're it. Not just us in particular, but the believers globally today. We're end time church. And we need to armour up. So, what I'm going to share with you isn't a Bible study, right? But it talks about what the Bible says about the event, last events of the last days. Things that will take place on the earth in respect to the church. Things that, what's going to happen and what our preparation should be for this time in history. Because we, we we've been to school and we've done all our history lessons. But we're here. In this time, we're going to be making history. So it's not an in-depth study. In my years as a Christian, I've been on several seminars for two and three days where people have qualified themselves to share completely about end time prophecy and, and, it, and it's just masses and masses of information ministries build on this stuff and, and if you're interested in this kind of stuff then there's, there's plenty of um, websites and, and people you can go to uh, and, and get some information about that but what I want to do is just Hit on some important parts, okay. The digging's all up to you. I've done my digging, I've got my ideas. You know, you're gonna to have to do your digging if it's but you can always look back and listen to this podcast again. So when I do give you some scriptures, because you can't remember what they were, you can play this again and track out in your Bible and check out that what we're saying here makes a little bit of sense to you and the Holy Spirit inside you. That's what I want and encourage to do that. Okay. Okay. I'm going to read you a scripture from Matthew 24 a few verses 6 to 14 and it goes like this. And you will hear of wars and rumours of wars see that you're not troubled for all these things must come to pass but the end is not yet for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there will be famines pestilences and earthquakes in various places and these are the beginning of sorrows then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and betray one another and will hate one another. 
then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because of lawlessness, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But who you endure to the end shall be saved. And this, is, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Jesus said this in Matthew. We are hearing about rumours of wars. And we are seeing them all the time. We're hearing about famines and earthquakes and pestilences. And we see them. We sit down in our tea, seeing hungry kids. It's there in our midst. We can do that. But the church Jesus builds, the church Jesus builds is going to be the only true church. We read there where we will be hated for his namesake. The word Jesus is still a curse to the world, to the people who don't want to know him, to the people who aren't interested. And for us who are standing up and raising up our hands and worshipping him, Jesus is our saviour, is our Lord, the Messiah, then we're going to be What's the exact scripture for it? We're going to be delivered up to tribulation and killed. Well, even now, today, in places in Middle and Far East, in places in Asia and places in Africa, people are being given up and killed for his name's sake as we sit or stand right tonight. In different places of Nigeria, they happily kill the pastor, burn the church, and scatter all the believers. And it's happened in China where the church went underground. It happens in, in places where there's revivals going on along the, in the world. But Jesus' name the name of Jesus is so powerful, so profound, and it carries so much authority. And He's our Saviour. And because He's our Saviour, because we're church, the potential of us is the potential that we might have to give our lives for Him. This is one of the things we need to be training ourselves up for. Understanding who we are, confident enough, so that when the odds are stacked against us, we will still say, yeah, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian.
We need to actively... It's, I know it's, it's not the gracey good news that we always get here. But I, this is... And it'd be wrong and, and imbalanced for me if I didn't put this other side into effect for you so that we can get a balance from the expectation that God's telling us is coming on the year. And like the song said, people get ready, Jesus is coming, soon we'll be going home. But the process, I mean, whoever's going to die before all this happens, they'll be going home. But for us, the church, in these last days, we've got to go and go into this dark world and shine. There's no, we can't be secret agents. We're going to have to stand up and shine. We can't put the bushel under the bed. We're the light of the world. Aren't we? There will be lots of people around us today claiming they know the truth, know the things are taking place. And you know, this is, this is a powerful. Because of the lawlessness, because of the craziness, because of the pressure, because of the lies, because of the deceit, because of the greed, because of the usury, and we're summing it all up in lawlessness. The love of the most, that's what it says. It says many. The love of many will grow cold. I guarantee the many in here are the people who haven't took the time to understand the cost of the cross. The cost that it took Jesus to the cross to declare us innocent and him guilty. The power that's in the blood that washes us clean. To understand just how forgiven we are, really. I mean, how forgiven are we, really? How much of the junk are we still carrying? Because we haven't woke up to the fact that it isn't there anymore. We're pulling a, a ghost chariot full of our weight and worry and anxiety and sickness. Because I'm not just talking about you, I'm talking about me too. Because we're forgiven. Hallelujah! Forgiven! Who's forgiven? Well, can you say anything? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Is there a. I mean, forgiveness is liberty. It's absolutely incredible. We need to do a, a woo occasionally just to try and get off all this, you know, respectability. Because Jesus never walked around respectable. He just looked at people, loved them, and dealt with an issue that was hanging around and freed them up. It. We've got to get out of this people-pleasing mentality. We're so focused on what we want to do, we don't get what he wants us to do. Oh, 
I've got to be, I've got to be at so-and-so at half five. Well, it's ten past five. Well, there's a person who could... I could stay and pray and see a deliverance here. Well, I've only got ten minutes. And we're, I mean, I've done that more than you, probably. We have to wake up to it. Because that person's solution is in me. Is in you. And yet, I've got to get so-and-so by R5. Do you know what I mean? I'm too busy building my own life. But somehow, that won't be moulding my heart for when the time comes when I've got to say, I've got to stand up for you in this, Lord. This is the most... Man, there's like... All these people looking at me and they look like they're going to hurt me if I don't say, if I, if I deny I know you. They look angry. Man, they're going to hit me, man. But, and I can, I, I can walk off if I say, sorry, I don't know Jesus. And off I go down the road. Happy as Larry watching Coronation Street in the Emmerdale. And the mess and the problem that brings us into our heart and life if we do things like that and when we don't stand up for who he is we don't take time to build our spiritual muscles up so that when the time comes when the time comes that you're going to give your life when the time comes when you Make that massive sign and you give up your spirit. When that time comes, whether it comes through like Stephen being stoned to death, or Paul being cut in half, or John being boiled and living after, this is what took place from the real, from the, not the real disciples, with them, but the disciples of the day. Crucified upside down. Paul. There's another one, James, cut asunder. And a myriad of Christians who were eaten by the lions and burnt in Nero's garden, and the mass of other things that's gone on through the age. Millions and millions of Christians. And it's all going to some. It's going to be a, a massive wave of salt of lawlessness coming onto the earth and we wonder why the love of many are going to go cold is it going to be you is it going to be me am I going to be weak and say oh, scared because I haven't took the time to build up my strength in the time when things are easy that I'll fall apart when it gets a bit tough this is why it's important for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that when the pressure comes to stop when I was thinking about this, the love of most or the love of many growing cold it's because they're relying on their own strength they're relying on their emotions to love. 
when we've got to rely on the Holy Spirit, God love, unconditional love, that's bigger than our emotions, that's bigger than our fear. When we see our brothers and sisters being slain in our midst, or just simply struggling because for one weakness and temptation or another. Or we, we've got to, and man, am I telling myself, develop this philosophy, this mentality to be stronger in the things that I believe. Things that are going to be beneficial to me and beneficial to you. So I can be here hearing from God clearly and directly speaking stuff into your lives to encourage you when you need it. But we can be like that to one another because this is a body, this is the church. And the gospel is the key. That this gospel that you were born again under, this gospel of grace and truth is going to be shared with the world. And then the end comes. Won't it be a dilemma that the world sees when your families that don't know Jesus yet, your work colleagues, your school friends, turn up, and you didn't come, you didn't turn up, you didn't get home, you didn't get to work. Hoods are going to be a few men short, Chris. Because God's going to take the church off the earth. And hallelujah, we'll be redeemed. And then, there'll be a, what, where's the hope gone then for the world? Listen to this. 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 to 8. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed. The son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, Showing himself that he is God. Jesus said, don't you, Paul said, don't you remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things. Listen. And now you know what is restraining. That he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains, restrains will do so until he's taken out the way. Read this in 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 to 8. Listen to the podcast. But he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. The lawless one is the Antichrist. Okay. Whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. That's 
He who is restrained is the Holy Spirit on the earth, in the church, saying, thus far, no further. Just like the cherubim in the garden, when he was, he was there, stationary with the sword of flaming fire, saying, thus far, and no further. Because sin couldn't go to that tree, man in his sinful state couldn't take the fruit of that tree, but now, Jesus has rose from the dead. Listen, church, the fruit that was taken, it says in Galatians, cursed is he who hangs on a tree. Jesus became the fruit of the tree, the fruit that was taken off the tree, and now he was put back on it. So that action of treason from the very beginning has stopped. Everything's been put back together. And believers are going to be free to live in the midst of that tree and drink and eat and fellowship and love. But there's a time coming first, these end times, that you're in. Am I asking you to be worried? No. Am I asking you to think about what I'm saying? Big, big, yeah. I'm asking you to get a little bit serious about what you're being taught. Yeah. I'm asking you to build up your spiritual muscles so you can believe the things that you were claiming to believe so that you can stand up when the pressure comes. Absolutely, yes. I can't believe for you. Your mum can't believe for you. If you come from a holy family, they can't believe for you. You've got to believe you, me, we're individually going to have to stand and decide whether we're going to give our lives for Jesus. Really? Maybe. Maybe we'll just die of fear before that comes. Perfect love. Perfect love. Cast that off. So, in the midst of something that can be really, really scary, we need to think about perfect love. We need to have been thinking about perfect love to the point where this scary fades into insignificance when we remember his perfect love. That's like Stephen in Acts when they stoned him. And he looked up and he could see beyond all the stones, he saw Jesus sat standing there ready to receive him with a smile on his face, with peace on his face, the Bible says, I think. So in the midst, when there should have been all hell breaking loose, there's this angelic face, soft, with a smile, his foot contented, poof. He'd left his physical state behind and was focused on the Messiah and his love. We need to be doing that. I'm not saying being masochistic church. I'm saying being realistic.
Father, I thank you that what you've given us in Jesus is a complete salvation. You've left, you've left us lacking nothing. But the keys of the truth of what we need to know, of what we need to know, is in your word. That we can take this life today in peace and strengthen ourselves, strengthen our faith, strengthen our revelation of you, strengthen how much you love us and care for us, strengthen what we've got and learn to live that out, to get over peer pressure, to get over man pleasing or woman pleasing, to get over worrying about what one person might say or another person might say, but to be able to stand up in these times of peace and say, yeah, I'm a Christian, yeah, I'm forgiven, yeah, do you need healing? I've got the authority, be healed in Jesus' name, that we can do that. Help us, Lord, that we recognise that it's your grace, your authority, your power, your name, and that we are, Lord, forgiven and sanctified. Help us, Lord, to have the words to speak to members of our family and friends who don't know you yet, who make a bit of a joke about who, who we are. But, Lord, I just pray that you help us wake up to who we are in the spirit, to the spirit gifts that are in, in us, to the word of knowledge, to be able to speak specific words that will just free people in their time of need. Lord, you've given us much, 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 much more than we can even begin to think about. But Lord, as we pour ourselves on the altar of change and altar, Lord God, that we'll grow in grace and knowledge of our Saviour Messiah, Jesus, and prepare ourselves, our hearts and our actions for these end times. Lord, we give you thanks and praise. And everyone says, Amen.